Hey everyone, welcome to Savage to Sage, where we explore the evolution of entrepreneurs. In this show, we hear from leaders on the challenges and breakthroughs that have shaped them on their journey toward becoming a sage. Welcome back everybody to Savage to Sage. Today I'm joined with Kelly Siegel, the CEO of National Technology Management. Welcome Kelly. Daniel, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's really an honor to have you. And um, as we talked about today, we're you know, wanting to look at your journey from Savage to Sage and talk to us first about, you know, what do you do with national technology management? What's your core business and how long have you been involved there? Oh, those, uh, I didn't realize we're going to jump right into it, but uh, we've been in business 25 years. I've owned it for 22 and it's funny when you say savage, you say, I think you're always a savage. <laughs> I think we have to kill or be killed all the time, but you know, lead with vulnerability and love and good intentions. My 30-second infomercial is very simple. It's we do phones and computers for businesses anywhere in the country. National technology management. We have simplified uh, cybersecurity and the IT functions. And we literally have an office in a box that we do all over the country. And we just do IT easy. I like it. So we recently had a guest, it's actually a partner of mine at Fullstack, who talked similarly about he's never really dropped the savage part. In fact, he would say he's probably now, you know, 10 years into entrepreneurship, he's more of a savage than he was, you know, 10 years ago. And he's he said something to the effect of it would be off brand of me, you know, to drop the savage piece. But Similarly, like hopefully he's gained in, you know, with the wisdom of a sage from, you know, learning through failure and all the experiences that he's had. So tell us your story about how you decided to make the jump and start the company. Well, I would like to think as we get older, we transition from savage to more of a like assassin. So, you know, when I was younger, <laughs> my younger sales days, man, I was just, I would be a bull in the China shop and I could sell anybody at any time. And I just never gave up. And, and now I know I'm wiser and older and smarter. And I'm able to go in and realize when you're not a good fit and know when, you know, know when to say no and know when to move on to a better pasture. So uh, I guess I'm the smart wisdom in me uh, says I'm, a, I'm an assassin. Some people call me an alien because I, I do some of the craziest things in that I work harder to this day, 20, 25 years later than I probably ever have. I, I About three years ago, I made some major life changes. And then when the pandemic hit, made humongous life changes where I just decided to revamp my entire life, my entire organization, my entire company. And I got into the, the, the meditation and, and I got into personal development. And I just started really understanding the energies in the world. And I noticed that leaning into the uncomfortable and sitting in, in your feelings and not masking them and not sweeping them under the rug and not you know turning to alcohol or cannabis actually makes you stronger. It's a lot like weightlifting. If you notice, I'm a bigger guy. I lift weights every day, have for years. But it just, everything in my life got better. So the more vulnerable, the more genuine, the more authentic you got, the more people gravitated towards you. And since then, our business is, has increased and been, and been more profitable. So, you know, come the pandemic, we didn't know 
what we were going to do. And then when, when we became a, a, an essential company, we had to overnight move everybody to work from home. That was insane. But we used that time to leverage to revamp a bunch of systems, go into all of our customers' offices that were closed, redo everything, perform a standard, and then raise the bar. Here we are. What are we? When it was that March of 2020 and we're uh, October of 2022, two and a half years later, we're, the sh- we're strong and we're surviving and thriving. So when, it, when some people looked at that and used the time to, to sit around as woe as me and drink and, and, and was the world going to end? We, we trudged like we knew it was going to come to an end. Didn't think it would be a year and a half or two years, however long. And now that it's coming out of it and we're slightly slipping into a recession, we are growing. So we did all the work. Yeah. I love that story. And was there an event or a series of events maybe that forced you to change your perspective there? Because I think like toward, you know, not numbing out your emotions toward embracing them. Like, was there something that prompted that specifically? Well, there's a a big timeline. This is where we're going to get into, you know, how the universe works funny, how you and I met and Everything happens for a reason. There are no coincidences in this world. So we're, we're having this conversation from a bunch of series of events. I, I, I knew a guy who used to run a mock with that introduced me to a guy that introduced me to you. And we're still friends to this day. Our first conversation when I reached out to him, he's like, oh, I'm so hungover. And I'm like, I quit drinking four years ago. And so the event was, I just got sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I'm in Key West, Florida. And I'm just sitting here looking and going, I'm having a blast. I'm relaxed. It's New Year's Eve and I'm drinking whiskey and it's sun and beautiful. And I'm like, what life would be without alcohol? You know, after 30 years of, of you know, there wasn't a problem. I just, what, 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 I'm going to take a 90 day break. It took 90 days. I liked it. it took another 90 days. And after, ni- after six months, it was 4th of July. And I'm like, I think I'm done. And that sent a lot of things in motion. And mind you, I wasn't an alcoholic. I didn't realize how many times that when you got home from a long day, you just walked in a port of scotch and, and, and it's a crutch. So if, if I didn't have that scotch and I wasn't tired, uh, it didn't scroll over, how much better could I be the next day? And then that went into, what if I added meditation? What if I added personal development? What if I added uh, journaling? And then I got into podcasting and reading and it's like, one thing became another after another. Now it's the whole mindset and the sky's the limit. I, I wrote a book on it. It's insane. It's called Harder Than Life. It's coming out in January and it talks about my childhood and all the way up until right now and all of the harder than life situations that happened for me, not to me. And when you look at life as a lesson and what can you learn from this and not woe is me, not the victim mentality, your whole life changes and it gets better. Yeah, I I really appreciate that share. And I will also say that I got to the end of 2021, you know, having having done a lot of what you described during the pandemic, just like, you know, well stocked with with bourbon and beer at my house. And my wife looked at me. Thankfully, I have a saint for a wife that is willing to, ref, you know, hold up a mirror in a compassionate way and just said, Daniel, you're not present at home in the way that I I need you and want you to be. And I think our kids need you to be. Similarly, I wasn't an alcoholic, but it was enough of something that I, a crutch that I went to. And I didn't realize how much it was impacting just my energy, my sleep, you know, my mood. And um, I 
also went on a 90 day just fast from it. And I can't tell you, it was like my body just thanked me. And then I realized, wow, I'm a lot more present at home, you know, in the ways that I need to be. I got that feedback from her as well. And I, I've heard that story quite a bit, not, and this not to denigrate alcohol completely, but just how people like you and me have had to make that choice to say, like, life is too short, you know, to, to have that crutch to numb ourselves out. But what we need to do is embrace more of what are we being taught, you know, through the circumstances of life and open our hearts up to that and how emotions can teach us and how people can teach us. I don't know. I'd re- respond to that. What, is, what comes to mind? A couple things. First of all, you are the company you keep. And when you and you turn on social, you open social media, you, it becomes everything's about drinking and everybody's doing it. So everybody's doing it must be norm and it's okay. But you know what? Everybody doesn't not drink. And I look around and it's like I'm playing with house money or I'm winning a game that nobody even understands the rules. I, I will scream at the top of my lungs that there's not a single person in the world that quits, that gives up alcohol and, and, and cannabis or or prescription meds that says, man, I should have kept doing that. But you said something. First of all, love your wife. Uh, it's, it's what makes it worth it. Usually that's your why, your family. Everybody can go back to their family and the collateral damage that, that making bad choices or poor choices or not your best choices and, and putting that poison in your body. But having said that, you said being present. And why do they call it present? Is because life is a gift. Why would I want to numb that? I wake up in the morning, I am bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and ready to rock and enjoy and help people. What would I ever want to, that's the best part, being present, affecting right here, right now. Why do people grab substances? They grab them because they have some sort of fear of the past or fear of anxiety for the future that they can't control anyway, or regret from the past, which you can't control. That's why they say be present. All I can do is make good decisions right here, right now, today that over a long period of time, eventually make you an overnight success. So, uh, I, you know, this isn't meant to be a, oh, don't drink. Listen, man, anything in moderation. Uh, it's just, when I tell you everything in my life got better, I'm talking everything. I bought a, I built a house in Florida. The business has is, is gone up 30%. My relationships with my, with my work family is just out of this world. My daughter, I have a 13-year-old daughter. Her and I relate, we've never been closer. She tells me things... Name a 13-year-old daughter that has discussions with her father about everything. I can open my text messages and show you, Dad, this is what's going on in junior high. How would you attack this? She sends me personal development things. And it's just, she said to me last year, we're in, we're in um, our house in Florida. And she's looked at me because I quit on New Year's. So she said, Dad, Happy New Year. I love you. You want to know why I like New Year's so much? It's another year you haven't drank. My heart melted. And it's like, you know, and, and, and it just became the norm, man. It wasn't like, oh, I, I'm so sad, so I'm going to drink. It's just get home, I'm cooking dinner, and I pour a scotch. Next thing you know, two, three gigantic scotches are down, and you're falling into bed. What's the point? What's the, and then, oh, I'm meeting work people, networking events. You know, I'm in a, I'm in a outsourced business, so I have to shake hands and kiss babies and talk to people to get new business. So everything revolves around and networking events and stuff. Now it's fun because I can pick and choose what I want to do. And, and then the funniest thing is I know I'm on the right path because everybody asks me about it. 
you know, life is good, man. It's, and we've only scratched the surface. I got um podcast coming out, a book coming out, a website coming out. And I'm going to share my story with the world because more people need to hear this. I'm living the dream and I'm loving every part of it. I love hearing that. And yeah, later I'd, I'd love for you to share just a little bit more about kind of what, what the book is going to be about. So one of the things that when leaders and entrepreneurs make a shift like that, there tends to be like a test or, you know, a conflict with people that related to you in sort of the the old way. So they knew kind of the, the Kelly of before. So as you made that shift, like what what were those tests or conflicts that came up? Kelly, that is a fantastic question. And that is the universe making life hard on you to make sure it is what you want. What I mean by that is the old age old adage they say life usually gets worse before it gets better. And the dark the night is darkest just before dawn. And that is the universe saying, Do you really want this? Because that's what happened mm-hmm. to me. I quit for about a year and a half. And then the pandemic hit. My ex-wife decided to act up and try to take my daughter, which is my only thing in the world. We lost uh, our biggest customer, went out of business. I, I mean, you could name four or five things that happened on the same day. And I'm like, I looked over at my scotch because I have I have full bars everywhere because I, I just choose not to drink. I don't, I don't have a drinking problem. I just choose not to. And I'm like, hmm, nobody will know if I have this drink. And then I looked and I said, I'll know. And I went and grabbed a cigar and I went and jumped in my truck. And this is the pandemic just hit. Michigan had just shut down. And I drove around the state or city, shut my phone off and just cleared my head and said, okay, how am I going to attack this? How am I going to lean into this uncomfortability? So the universe tested me like no tomorrow. Had I had a drink, I probably would have stormed over my ex-wife's house and created a ruckus and never saw my dog. But I just took each individual thing and I addressed it. So I went and we, we had a powwow with the attorneys. We got my daughter back, step one. We fought back all the things that have beat that, step two. Uh, addressed each individual customer and how we were going to address the pandemic. We got our employees that were high risk home safe. We went to all of our customers and, 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 and just everything was attacked, attacked, attacked. And then while I did that, I built a home gym because all the gyms were closed and I needed to work out because I need Part of my psyche is working out every day. I have a routine that's that's you know feel gratitude, exercise, uh, uh, meditation, journaling. I, it's a whole routine. So I made sure I could do that. I ordered a home gym, and then I, I had been in therapy. The therapy shut down because he was high risk. So I freaking reached out to this hypnotherapist that I would had been um, working with, or no, that I'd been uh, uh, researching. And I started on this hypnotherapy and it was like the perfect timing because I just started meditating. Meditating goes with hypnotherapy. And all of a sudden I had, I found these old childhood trauma wounds that I didn't know I had. And I'm like, oh, and that releasing that blockage opened up a, a whole plethora, Pandora's box of just love and energy to be able to say, Holy cow, I have been operating at this high level with a freaking big chip on my shoulder, big block, one foot in the ground. And as soon as I was able to do that, I came back with a different outlook on life and everything changed, Dan, everything. And uh, like I said, man, we've always scratched the surface. Now the, the, the podcast is going to give us a platform to be able to help more people because that's really all I want to do. It's just, I want to create awareness that, man, I did it. Uh, you call it a savage. If I did it, I grew up so dirt poor, so in the worst ghetto. 
that you've ever seen. And I made something of myself, but now we're taking it to the next level and we're going to share it with everybody. It is it's no fun if you can't give back. You know, what fun would it be if me and my daughter get to get to experience all these gifts? I want to share it with you, your listeners, your team members, anybody that'll listen. The next thing that I think I'm going to do is I'm going to do a TED Talk and I'm going to start doing inspirational, motiva- motivational speaking because part of what we also rolled out during this tough time was EOS. You've ever heard of EOS, Entrepreneurial Operating System? We run that at NTM. We rolled it out during the pandemic. It's allowed me to pull out and have more time to think. So I think I do a lot of focused and, 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 and writing and understanding, which allowed me to write my book, which was all the story of my life, which... It was just meant to be cathartic. And then after I wrote it, the publisher read it and they're like, oh my gosh, is this a great story? And they're like, you got to get this out to people. And I'm like, oh, really? Here we are. I get to talk to you and it's a beautiful day. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, we at Fullstack, we've been running on EOS since I think it was 2019. And it's been a, a game changer for us. I mean, we it just helps us to focus on what's most important and to let go of what's not. And no, to make a successful company, as you know, I think that us just letting go of these little things, little asides that we think, oh, this is going to change the world if we do this. There's so many of those, as you know, that come up every day. And I think, yeah, so I can't say more good things about that. What, what do they say? They, they say, fail to plan, plan to fail. So it just gives you the, the actual outline of how to run your business. And it's, it's crazy. I mean, here's what you do. It's, and you're in the outsource business. I'm in the outsource business. You have to bring in experts in their field to advise you. I don't understand. I know how to run a business. I get it. But it was it started with you know the culture and the core values, and it came down. It's always hard to implement culture, and it's taken two years. But we're we're seeing the benefits of it. And it's beautiful. So if if, if any of your listeners haven't done it yet, and we, we we're in Michigan, so we have the founder of EOS uh, lives right here. So I have access to him, uh, uh, Gino Wickman. Gino Wickman, good guy. Uh, his number one guy is our implementer. And uh, I love them dearly. It's I couldn't do EOS if I hadn't gone through that hell because I would have never opened up and been vulnerable. So we have some of the most amazing vulnerable discussions as they're almost therapy sessions at our weekly meetings amongst leadership. because. I'll respond with something and I'll be like, that wasn't, that was an emotional response. That had nothing to do with business. And my leadership team will be like, Ellie, you're, you're leading with your childhood trauma again. And I, I don't get offended. I'm like, oh my God, you're right. It, it, because I grew up in, in fight or it was like fight or die. So a lot of times you put me up at my back against the wall, you're going to get the, meanest, nastiest. You don't, you don't want to put me in that situation. Now, put me up against the wall. I'm going to breathe and I'm going to let the universe sit, guide me in the right direction where it's used to come out fighting because that's all I ever knew. Uh, it's very, very, very fun. Our level 10 meetings weekly, we collaborate and we get business done. It's fun, man. If you, it, I'm glad to hear that you do it. I'd love to sit in one of your level 10 meetings and see how you guys do. and and and. Part of it too is in IT, we, we are a male-dominated business. I have a few women at work and actually my number one, who's my integrator, I'm the visionary, she's an integrator. She's amazing. And she is me in a female form, but smarter and better and kinder and just 
all and doesn't have the trauma that I have. So it doesn't come out. And it's just, again, man, this wouldn't even be possible had I not, you know, looked inside and led from the inside out instead of the outside in. Yeah. That's so good. And I, there's about 10 questions I could ask you um, about that. So since you started mentioning team, I, I like to think that the most you know evolved wise leaders have figured out how to find the right team members and then also you know just continually giving over authority to them to take it and run with what they're good at and what they're better at than than you are so how can you tell when people that you bring onto the team or people that you're looking to bring onto the team how can you tell that they get it that you're like I want I want them to be a part of this well, you know, being in the HR business, that if you're lucky, if you can hit fifty hit on fifty percent of your hires, it is a crapshoot. No matter what you do, it's it is singly handedly the hardest thing to do is to recruit, retain, and hire good people, and and really grow them. That's the number one thing. And I say the mark of good leaders is growing their people. So. I, ha- I read this book. Uh, I'm looking over. I have a bookshelf over here. It's called 12 Second Culture. And it got referred to me by a dear friend of mine who's now a customer. And basically, it's these pit crew guys and the NASCAR pit crew who implemented this insane culture of closeness. And it enabled them to get their pit stops done in 12 seconds. And they have 23 questions that I literally stole from them that they ask their people. And the final interview at NTM is with me. It goes through, there's three stages and it ends up with me. And I just do the final thing because all I care about, I can teach you IT. I can teach you aggression. I can teach you accountability. I can teach all these things. What I can't teach you is our culture. You either have it or you don't. So I ask all these questions. And they're silly questions. Like one of them is, what's the first thing you do in the morning? What's the last thing you do at night? What's something that you believe in that nobody else agrees with? So all you're trying to do is see what makes them tick. And that's the new world we live in. Remember, I was so robotic. Tell me a situation when you were faced with adversity. and What would you do? You know what they're (laughs) going to tell you. They're going to tell you what you want to hear. So I am big on the culture. And then I make sure that you get the right fit. And then we coach them up. And we keep raising the bar. And so far, so good. Certain times they, the people wash out, but uh, for the most part, we've got the best. And um, our co- one of our core values is family. Uh, that comes from me and my upbringing. I didn't have, I had a terrible upbringing. My mother, my stepfather, very physically and emotionally abusive. So my family were my friends. And now my family are my teammates. And I, I will do anything for them. It's like usually the first thing I did when the pandemic hit. I looked at my bank account, both personally and, and in national technology management, said, how long can I float this thing if I don't have a single dollar coming in? And luckily, we had some good reserves and we were fine. But luckily, everybody paid their bills. So we, we were, weren't as affected by as everybody else. Um, and and I, I, I say luckily, but really, I just think that, that the universe is on my side. It's, it's, it's conspiring to make me happy. And if you're in me, I mean, at me and my entire extended family, which includes you, you know, I, I love everybody until, until they show that they, that they don't love themselves. And then we love them a little harder. And if they still continue to sabotage, then I gotta, I gotta rethink my, my association with them. And, and when you really love yourself, you don't associate with people that aren't good people. Sad. 
talk to me a little bit more about what you mean by love yourself there, because I think we could take that a number of different directions. So I'd just be curious to know what you mean by it. Well, everybody says, oh, of course I love myself. If you love yourself, you have boundaries. You know, another book that I love, that I live and die by, it's so weird how this happens. It's just The Four Agreements. Have you ever read that book, Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz? Not yet, no. It's be impeccable with your word, always do your best, don't make assumptions. And oh boy, what is the fourth agreement? I got it sitting right here. Don't make assumptions, always do your best. There's a fourth one, but I, I say those to myself over and over and over. And, you, and, and, and the one part of be impeccable with your word is keeping, making promises to yourself and keeping them. And if you do that over and over and over, and the promise could be as simple as I'm not going to drink today. Or I'm going to go to the gym today. Then you just start building self-confidence and self-worth. And you start trusting yourself. And you realize, hmm, the world is under my control. Good choices, good life. Bad choices, bad life. And you own all of your stuff, both good and bad. And once you realize that, life gets really, really good. And all of a sudden, you start getting confident. You start vibrating at some ridiculous level where animals love you. The people come up to you in the freaking streets and just talk to you. I mean, I was at a breakfast with my daughter on Sunday and I, I was in a nice restaurant. I was wearing a, a workout shirt because it was a surprise that my daughter wanted to have breakfast at this day. And manager comes over. And I thought he was going to yell at me for wearing a workout shirt in a really nice restaurant. He's like, sir, you can't, you, you, you got to have a license to carry those guns in here. It's, it's just, it's just fun, <laughs> man. And you know, you're doing the right thing and you feel good and you're always good. Dude, I don't have bad days. Are there days that I don't feel great? Yes. And you know what you do? You work harder on those days and you grind through it. Well, now, I also live and die by caffeine. So if, if I really have a rough day, I will drink a ton of caffeine. I am, I'm still addicted to that. I love it. But it's doing the darn thing on the days you don't feel like that separate the average killer from the savage assassin, from just you, you know not to go against them because you're going to lose. Somebody else is on my side, and I don't know who it is, but I thank them, and I'm very, very grateful for them. Yeah, I, I heard this definition of love. I think it was from a friend of mine named Glenn, who I heard speak a couple of years ago, and he, he talked about, acting in the best long-term interest of another person. And when I think about how you just define loving yourself, it's, it's thinking with, with the end in mind. And um, that was, you know, when I talk about the shift that I underwent, you know, earlier this year, it was, I started outlining what I wanted to be true at age 70. If, you know, if I had the pleasure of making it to 70 years old and it was all around that idea of presence. But I realized it's like what I had to translate to today was what choices do I need to make today, like you said, to love myself so that I can offer that presence that I want to offer when I'm when I'm 70. And I think, you know, when you decide to whatever it is, you know, bad habit wise now to, you know, cope with a, a tough emotion or because you had a bad day, you know, you're not necessarily thinking in the best long-term interest for yourself. And so that's, that's one thing that has helped me to just, you know, make those choices on a daily basis, of like kind of going to the future and saying, what do I want to be true, you know, when I'm 70? So 
I, I read a book beginning with the end in mind. That's the way I always live uh, my life. I always have from every deal. I work it backwards and 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 reverse engineer everything. But I will tell you this much: people say you only die once. I, that's bullshit. Oops, sorry for this word. That's that's baloney. Oh, you're good. Uh, you 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 live every single day. You only die once. So live every day to the fullest because you never know when it's going to be over. So regret is when you match your life up with where you want your life to be. And the bigger that gap is, the more regret that there is. And mine is so close to alignment right now. And that's why that, that's loving yourself and feeling fulfilled. So uh, there's a couple of things that, I, that I, I, I live and die by. And it's the no is a complete answer. And I don't have to explain to somebody why I don't want to do something. No is it. I say no a lot more than I ever have in my life because I know what I need to succeed. And a lot of it is rest and recharge because I come every day as a savage assassin and I bring it. So there's nights where I come home, I got nothing left. You think I want to go to freaking the bar? Do, you, do I want to go and, 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 and pour from an empty cup? No, if I'm going to hang out with you, Daniel, I want to I wanna pour from a full cup and I want to do an energy exchange and I want to be the true authentic me. I can't do that when I'm exhausted. And if I'm out partying and not sleeping or drinking, I'm not my best self. So my people, my clients know they're getting the A game every day. Even when I don't feel good, I'm coming. I always say, don't stand on the tracks when the train's coming through because I'm coming. So it, life is pretty simple. They say, what, uh, what is the thing they say? Hard times make hard men or hard people. Hard people make easy times. Easy times make easy people. And there's the circle. It just keeps going. So we can just stay being hard. I always say to my daughter, 13 years old, she laughed. Hard choices, easy life. Easy choices, hard life. She says, Dad, give me an example of what you mean. I said, you know what? Sleeping in. Sleeping in is an easy choice. And, and you're not going to get anything done. I get up at 4.30 in the morning every day. Wake up, boom. I'm out. I'm ready to rock. And... I do my gratitude. I do a quick meditation. Gym clothes on. Boom at the at the freaking gym five a.m. and and it just sets me up as a, a, a for a day to win. I want to win every single day. And that and how you win, helping others. Yeah, yeah, I love all that. That's awesome. Um, so a question came up earlier, and I would love to you know end on this for the last few minutes here, and that is so many people face that crossroads that that you described of difficulties, the roadblocks in life, you know, bring up these, these childhood traumas that are undealt with in all of us, you know, your, your situation sound like very, very poignant compared to other people, but we all have them. We all have like coping mechanisms as a result that impact kind of our daily life. And what was it for you that took you over the edge of like, I need to seek help with this. And then also, what would you say to that person in who's an entrepreneur who, if if I'm to be blunt, I would say most entrepreneurs have trained themselves to leverage that you know tr- childhood trauma to their advantage to thinking, oh, this is what's going to make me successful in business. But in a lot of ways, it's because they haven't dealt with it. You know, it's it's hurting them and it's hurting the people around them because, like you said, they aren't loving themselves, and so. Maybe I guess what I'm asking is, what would you say to that person who's at that crossroads of 
do I dive in? Do I hire the therapist? Do I do I deal with this versus, you know, just letting it fester longer? Ooh, that's a tough one because everybody comes at that crossroad and it looks a little different. What 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 I think and, and, and maybe you can attest this, what I think happens is you don't like the person in the mirror. I think that you're looking in the mirror and the person looking back at you, you're not proud of them. And you find yourself making excuses and you're not being impeccable with your word and you're constantly breaking your word to yourself. And when you get to that point and you're just sick and tired, it's here's the other thing too, is some people surround themselves with yes. And it's, you got to look around your friends and say, are my friends telling me what I need to hear or what I want to hear? And a lot of times your friends are like, oh, nonsense, because it's crabs in a bucket. They want to keep you down. They want to keep you down, uh, down. So it's, oh, Daniel, you're not drinking too much. It's not a problem. It, it's no big deal. You, you only had five scotches. You're fine. But you don't like yourself. So it's, it, it, to me, it's none of my business what anybody thinks about me. I don't, I don't care. I, it's, it's what I think about. And every day I look in the mirror, I love it. Uh, Eric Thomas says, stop looking out the window and look in the mirror. Everybody look out the window. Oh, it's such a beautiful, everything's fine. My life is okay. Get serious about your life. And I will tell you this much. The weirdest thing in the world is what got you here probably won't get you there. You may be able to continue doing what you're doing. But if you make these tough choices and these tough changes in your personal development, your business will exponentially grow. I can attest to it. You can talk to anybody. And if you think that you're it, that it's not cool, Google how many celebrities don't drink alcohol. So it's a matter of what what motivates you and what may, gets you up. But I will tell you that it, it becomes a hamster's wheel and you just got to jump off of it and just say, you know, and I know some people think, well, and I did, I lost a very big customer because we used to go out drinking weekly and he had, we had nothing in common anymore. And I lost them. I did. But you know what? I replaced them with four other bigger customers that appreciated my vulnerability and my focus and all the new Kelly. So it's scary, man. Uh, uncomfortableness. We always gravitate back to what's comfortable and what's comfortable is what we've always known. So lean into that uncomfort. And it's just, it, it, I've been uncomfortable my whole life. I, I, I'm an alien. It's just weird. I have been able to lean in to the darkness like nobody else. I don't recommend it, but if you're not happy about something, you got to make the change. Because if you don't change nothing, nobody's there's no savior coming. Nobody's going to come out of the sky. Now, sometimes the savior looks like a heart attack. Sometimes it looks like high blood pressure. Sometimes it looks like uh, a DUI. Notice the freaking... Uh, the, the, the signs that the universe is sending you. If a bunch of bad things are happening or if a bunch of good things aren't happening, you need to look at your life. You're, you're doing something wrong. Uh, and, if it's, and, and, and there's, no, there's no correlation. You're not a bad person. You don't attract bad things. So you just make bad choices. You're not a bad person. The universe doesn't do that to people. You know, notice I'm not using any kind of denominational. I'm a, I'm a religious person. There's definitely a div- divinity somewhere, and there's definitely some energy working in our favor. I guarantee you come with the energy and you come present, your life will get better. Now, will be uncomfortable when you sometimes not know what to do. Here's the best part about it. Do nothing. It's better than going and doing 
something that's going to hurt you. So, and, and I will tell you this much, man, and, and I have this in my book, Harder Than Life. And if anybody's in this and anybody's seeing this and wants to talk about it more, you can reach out to me. Just go to www.harderthanlife.com and you can email me. I'll answer every single email. And if you want to talk to me about my experience, I will walk you through everything. I will coach you through it. It's everybody's different. But I will tell you, a, a life without drugs and alcohol, being present, being vulnerable, you will be rich beyond all your wildest dreams. And I don't mean rich just financially. It, it, that comes. What I mean is you're rich in life. You wake up excited. You wake up and you can't wait for the next challenge. You can't wait for the next win. You just can't wait for the next day because it's going to be a good day. And they keep happening. So uh, do the dang thing, man. Life gets really freaking good, really good. And in my case, man, I, I, I'm the healthiest I've ever been. I just went to the doctor, got everything checked. And he's like, wow. And, and our business is just doing this from, from doing it. And, and, and I'm able to, I, I was able to write a book. I'm launching a podcast. I'm going to do personal development speaking and do a TED talk. And that's just fun, man. And meanwhile, I don't have to be at NTM every single day because my, my amazing work family through EOS is taking care of business. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. So you mentioned harderthanlife.com to get in touch with you. Like, Anybody else that wants to follow up with you, what's a good way to get in touch? You know, another one, I, I got I to gotta send out my Instagram. Everybody's on social media. So it's kelly.siegel, K-E-L-L-Y dot S-I-E-G-E-L dot 71. It, that, that's my handle at Instagram. Reach out to me. And anything you want, I'm not, I don't, I'm not a coach. I'm not trying to charge for this. If you are, if something's uncomfortable and you just want to, shoot the breeze. We'll shut up a team session and I will make time for you uh, because I, I, sharing is caring and, and I love everybody and I want, I want everybody to know it's possible. By all means, Daniel, if I did it, anybody can do it. Because trust me, I was the biggest, wildest, craziest partier you've ever seen. And I was a professional at it. And I never put myself in harm's way. I had a driver. I, 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 didn't, I worked every day. I worked out every day. I didn't call. I, I just... But it just got in the way. So if I was able to, to flip the switch, by all means, I can inspire others to do the same, and and and, and life will get better, and and they'll be better at everything. I'm a better father, better businessman, better partner, a better everything in my life got better. Not a single thing. Now I have less friends. I had a bunch of drinking buddies. I have less friends. I do less things. I spend an inordinate amount of time alone, but it's it's relaxing and recharging. Yeah. That's the only negative. I love it. And yeah, for sure. That's a good thing to end on too, as I think about it. Like you do, you lose something, you lose some people because you related to them, you know, in, in those old ways. But what you've spoken to is, is what you gain. And I think there's also the, the who you gain too, because as I have taken that journey, my, a similar journey myself, you know, I've gained such like richer, deeper friendships and or some old friendships that really needed to be renewed or restored, you know, came back around and have been a huge gift to me as well. And just to help help us to realize, you know, we're not alone in the journey. And so, yeah, I thank you so much for 
for sharing your your journey today and just the offer to to walk with anybody that hears this and you know if if they're facing a similar crossroads to encourage them so i think the show will be encouraging enough but offering your time and resources as well is huge so thanks so much kelly i appreciate it uh enjoy yourself and uh, love yourself be kind and be awesome that's a good word to end on thanks kelly thank you for listening to today's interview to view show notes or hear more episodes please visit www.savagetosage.com